Greetings, salutations, live long and prosper. Welcome to Monkey Business, the weekly podcast from the Flower City Comic Con, reaching out to you from the studios at WFC3 to talk about all sorts of good stuff, fun stuff, and world news for anything geek. Nerd world news, that's what I wanted to say. And today, as you can tell by part of the greeting, we're going to do a little discussion about Star Trek. That what a cultural phenomenon that has shaped the world over the past, what, 40, 50, 50 years now. 50 years. 50 years and going strong. strong. In the studio with me, as always, Tanya. Say hello, Tanya. Hello, Tanya. Yay, she's so good at this. Local radio icon, Billy Dittori. Hello. I love saying that. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, and, you know, and the keep, lie. You keep but... looking at me like, why is he saying it again? But hey, anyway. <laughs> also with me in the studio, my buddy Brian Burke. What's going on? And our fearless leader, Daniel Carmen. Hello. On air with us through the wonders of phones, Deanna Schulmerich. Hello. And the uh, the ever-present and optimistic Sybil Corbin. Hi. Were you, you, were, you were cueing me to something, weren't you? All the S's. Oh, it's, we got to do it right, Sybil. You ready? I'm going to rewind this real quick. The ever-present right. and, and uh, what did I say, optimistic and, and ebullient Sybil <laughs> She's like, what do I do? Okay, I'm going to keep going. Anyway, 50 years, we're not going to be able to talk about all 50 in, in a half an hour today. But let's touch on a lot of the basics. Star Trek is one of those things that everybody can relate to, whether you love it, you hate it, whether it's... But you can't ignore it. It just exists. It's one of those... Th- 13 films now. 13 of them. And that includes the uh, the recent tri- tri- trilogy of them from J.J. From Abrams. Mm-hmm. Which again, love it or hate it, they're they're out there, and I, I still I, haven't seen the most recent. You one. haven't seen <gasps> Beyond yet, and I want to. I oh, just didn't get good. there. And... It was okay, good. Okay, I'm done. I, I'm done for the I, day. I've got to go. Yeah. I, I, I got to see it, but yeah, I, definitely. I just haven't yet. Um, how many TV series? Five with a sixth on the way. I don't know. Let's You've see. got the original series. You got Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise. So there's the five, and now on the horizon Titan. coming out. Oh, uh, you Discovery. forgot one. What if? Animated. Oh, the animated. Wow. Animated. Yeah, the animated in the 1970s. They came 70s, out. I remember that. They came I was out with, too young. It was, what, one series or two? Uh, Two seasons? No, two maybe se- one season, but they re-ran it mm-hmm. a second season. Okay. I've got it on DVD, and I love it. And it was the original cast. The original the cast, yep. So it was kind of like technically a fourth season of the original For series. For some reason. Uh, in some ways. Um, Chekhov was the only one they couldn't pay. Walter Koenig, uh-huh. for some reason, he was the only one that they decided not to pay for. <laughs> they ran, they the ran out. They series. ran out after George Takei. Yeah. Um, and uh, but and so okay, so six current seasons, if you include the animated series, and and on the horizon, May of next year, will be Star Trek Discovery. What about what I've heard something about? Was it Star Trek Titan? Star Trek Titan is a series of books based on Captain William Riker. You know the the former first officer of the Enterprise D under uh, Captain Jonathan Picard. Frakes. He, at at the Sorry. end of um, well, the one of the premises of Star Trek Nemesis, the last of the Next Generation crew movies. Um, he, you know he gets married to Deanna Troy finally, and he is re, he's accepting a promotion to take the captaincy of of a ship called the Titan. So it's kind of hinted at in the first part of Nemesis, and then it's talked about a little bit as he's getting ready to leave to become captain of his own ship finally. Uh, and they make a couple of nice little nods to it at the end of Nemesis. Um, but, yeah, that's the, the Titan book series is about Captain Riker and, uh, and his wife, Counselor Troy, and, and all of the misadventures that he goes on uh, with, with his ship. So where, where do you start 
when you're talking about Star Trek, how do you even begin that kind of a conversation? Well, you start with Captain Kirk battle music. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> and everybody can do it because, you know, it's all in your head. It's amazing. It's out there. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got the biggest laugh uh, on, on occasion. You know, I've played the MMO Star Trek online. And they've recently had an expansion over the summer, uh, or Star Trek Yesterday, or the Agents of Yesterday. And you, you start, your character starts in the original series uh, timeline. And so you get the red, the red shirts, the gold shirts, the blue shirts, and everything is all retro and 1960s art deco and everything. And, and at one point you get into a fight uh, with, with some aliens and, and uh, you hear it. You hear the music in the background, da, 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 and I'm, I stopped. I, I, my character actually got killed because I was laughing at the computer <laughs> so very hard that I forgot to continue fighting. I was like, oh, my God, they're really doing that? That's awesome. So, All right, so we start with the Captain Kirk fight music. Where do we go from there on this topic that's absolutely so monstrous? I don't know. I was flipping through the channels yesterday, mm -hmm. just whatever, and I happened to come across one of the Next Generation uh, um, episodes, it was where uh, Deanna Troy was being married off to a human. I remember that one. Okay, yep, yep, and, I do remember that one. And that the, the human family was uh, beamed in, and then they um, said, well, Luxana Troy is not going to beam in until they left the area. Uh -huh. And uh, it's just going, you could see William Riker's face and how... I, I had just said how cheesy it was with him putting his arm up against the wall and he looked so downtrodden because she was saying that he, she was getting married and mm -hmm. you could just tell. He was dealing the, with all of his long his, hidden did, emotions. Did you just use cheesy in Star Trek in the I, same I, sentence? I did. I, I, for that particular moment in time. Isn't it that just, a common thing though? I can't believe you just <laughs> did that. <laughs> That's it. For the next next two comments that everybody makes, you have to Shatner. <laughs> I want to start talking about Star Trek, but I don't know where to start. Well, I first started watching in the early 70s. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I'm older than you guys, I think. I'm not sure. Not by much, but you are, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, and it may have, Star Trek may have been my first like really geeky thing I hooked on to. Maybe mm -hmm. it was like Super Friends and comic books, but it mm -hmm. was close. Because the original Star Trek got canceled in 69, but they almost started rerunning them immediately. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, in syndication. Yeah, syndication and was Channel the 10, godsend. Channel 10, for years, mm -hmm. showed it on Saturday nights at 7 o'clock. Yep, I remember that yep, growing I up. And I used to too. watch it, and I w would watch it every week. And from then, I would wind up reading the... I wound up with the animated mm -hmm. show in 73, and I remember... By then, I was a big Star Trek fan, big enough to go to be really excited about the cartoon mm -hmm. in 73, which, by the way, the cartoon is part of canon because they were the first ones to reference T as James Kirk's middle initial. Uh -huh. They're the one that gave him the, the middle name Tiberius. So, so James T. Kirk didn't actually exist until the animated until series. Until the animated series. Uh, and, I, I just remember, I just started gathering mm -hmm. Star Trek information in my head, like remembering there's 79 episodes, there, and yeah. you know the names of all the episodes, right. and pieces of trivia. Just as a little kid, it was almost like my first geeking out experience, mm -hmm. to the point where you know, then I would watch Leonard Nimoy in search of. Oh, oh, my God. oh, I remember that. that. Was a yes. great show. That was an absolutely great show. And I even, loved that. Even as a kid. I'm hearing I, the theme music in my head right now. Oops, hold on. I, oh, I, I do you have it? I do have the theme music. That would be oh, amazing. Oh, not in search. I, I have the Star Trek. Oh, okay. Well, so. that's good, too. Oh, yeah. This is good. But uh, 
the thing is, is that let me just hit this. And, yeah. And so we don't get sued. I'm going to pop it down. There we go. Catch us. But uh, Star Trek on Saturday nights, and then the Shriner, Shriner Circus used to come to town once mm-hmm. a year. And does anybody remember there being like celebrities that would come and perform during the Shriner Circus? Vaguely. Leonard Nimoy Did came really? and sang a few songs oh my during the, the Shriner Circus. That's amazing. And then the following year, Anson Williams uh, okay. did a few. Because uh, you go from, from Spock to Potsy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I just remember being so excited to see Leonard Nimoy sing. That's amazing. What did it sound like? It sounded like Leonard Nimoy singing. Okay. <laughs> but as a little kid, I, it probably sounded better than Leonard yeah, Nimoy I'm sure. singing. I mean, we were all, you know, especially in, in the recent, because of his passing and whatnot, all of the archives have come open. And so we, we've heard his his rousing rendition of, of Bilbo Baggins, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the tribute to Bilbo, the, the the bravest little hobbit ever, you know, that and, and the the dancing that went with that music video. And I remember staring at, this was just a couple of months ago we were watching it, and I'm just staring at it going... Yeah, so he's not proud of all of his work. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) Back to Star Trek. Back to Star Trek. Gene Roddenberry's vision of of what the future could look like if we got the uh, the rod out of our butts, basically. And favorite captain. My favorite captain. Anyone's. Oh well, well, I'll start it off with. I'll just say Picard. Picard. Yeah. Picard. Picard. Yeah. Kirk. Kirk. I'm an original guy, even though I saw. Uh, William Shatner and Patrick Stewart at Fan Expo in Toronto uh-huh. a couple years ago. They did a two captains <laughs> panel oh, that telling had to be stories. Great. And to me, Shatner just came off as kind of a weenie. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna have to like take a right turn and I'm gonna have to say Janeway. And you know, and I don't I'm not gonna throw shade on it because anybody who's been a captain in a Star Trek series, you know, Avery Brooks as uh, as Benjamin Cisco, uh, Scott Bakula at Bakula. I got to give you a Bacula on Enterprise, uh, Jonathan Archer, uh, you know, Picard, Janeway. They've all been good. I've liked mm-hmm. all five captains. You know, I thought they were portrayed very well. I thought the actors who were behind them brought a great dynamic to each of those characters. Uh, so I'm not going to try and throw shade on any in particular uh, one, but Picard has always been the man, in my opinion. Okay. Nemesis of the captains. Q. Uh, that's, I was Q. waiting for that. Yeah. Q. Oh, yeah. Q. Q, uh, you know, especially. Well, I mean, we had the most exposure to Q because of his his repeated uh, appearances on mm-hmm. on all three of the modern, the more recent shows with uh, Next Generation, Voyager, and uh, Deep Space and Deep Space Nine. Nine. Uh, and John Delancey is just he's such an entertaining actor because you never know what you're going to get from him at any given moment right. in time. So to have him him playing an unpredictable character. It kind of fits. It kind of well, suits. Well, I saw him when he was on um, Days of Our Lives. Okay. So he's seen on Days of Our Lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was an unpredictable character there. Okay. So, so it's typecast. It's what is he what does saying. well. Gotcha. What, what he does well. I mean, I will never forget Cisco and Q. That is me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scenes when, ever. When Cisco just hauls out and punches Q in the face, and then Q is so amazed you by that. <laughs> oh, you hit me. That's awesome. This the is going to be so much never fun. hit me. Yeah, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I like you much better. Here we go. This is <laughs> yeah. going to get interesting. Uh, okay, so my favorite Captain Picard. We have a couple of other Picards. You got Janeway, you got Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you, Sibs? Who's your favorite Captain of the five? Well, I have to say Picard, but that's because that's that's the generation I grew up in okay. was the next gen. That's when I was young and watching. And you were the but next actually, gen. And I actually just started re-watching all Star Trek starting chronologically, so okay. I'm kind of into Archer right now because that's what I'm currently watching. Ah, so you're watching Enterprise before original series? Yes. 
I see how you're doing that. It's clever. Oh, wouldn't think of that. That's clever. Remind me, um, eventually we're going to have a Star Wars talk, and we're going to talk about the machete uh, sequence to watch the Star Wars three, movies. Four, five, one, two, three. Exa- something like that. No, it scraps mm-hmm. one. Four, five, com- six, four, it scraps five, six, one completely. But that's, four, five, another, six, that's a conversation for another day. So, Sybil, you're watching Star Trek in the order of of the actual Star Trek timeline. So, since Archer was, yeah, his so adventures were first. Be, it'll be Enterprise, uh-huh. then the original series, uh-huh. and then the movies, and then Next, Next Gen. Gen, and then some deep space with Voyager mixed in right. because they're at the same time. There's some crossovers so, going. I, you know what? I commend you because that's going to get complicated when you're like, mm-hmm. no, I can't watch. I can't watch Star Trek: Next Generation episode seventy because I, I have to watch Deep Space Nine episode five yet. Or, well, then did you start with the uh, original episode where they went back to like the '60s and NASA? Oh, see, now he's got you on that one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have these written down so you know which order to watch them in? I have a couple articles that are pretty much in agreement on everything, so that's where I'm going with right now. Mm-hmm. When you se- when so, you get a chance, send me that through Facebook so I can like get recaught up with all my Star Trek stuff. All right, we'll do. Okay, thanks. That you know, I can't imagine with the fans being as rabid as they are about everything that somebody took the time to chrono put every single Star Trek episode of all the franchises, all the movies, in, in a certain order so you could watch them in chronological order. You're shocked by that? I'm not shocked by that. I'm, <laughs> I'm making the observation that I should not be surprised yeah. by that in any way, shape, or form because that's the thing about Star Trek. And, you know, any any good geek uh, show, you know, Star Wars, Firefly, and you know, bring them all out. <sighs> They're going to have a fandom that is rabid and dedicated and expansive, and I think the two biggest fandoms on the planet would be Star Trek and Doctor Who, because they, they're the, the the granddaddy of the shows. They've been around they're, for fifty yes. years. They've been around the longest. Mm-hmm. They've, they've had a chance to evolve and really uh, and ferment in our in our minds as part of the cultural consciousness. Um, let's talk about Star Trek and its effect on. We can't even just say Hollywood and on TV, but on the world itself. Uh, you know, technology, inspiration of technology and and Communicators. Yeah, you know, seriously. <laughs> we all have Star Trek. Actually, right. you know, kind of, you have to put it bluntly, all of our cell phones right now are, are more advanced than, than Captain Kirk's yeah. communicator. But my first cell phone had to be a flip phone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, had to be. Definitely. yeah. Did, did anybody here? Did you go like that and flip it? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, yes. We all had a flip phone. I found no, but, my, my very first uh, phone not only did it flip, but I found a gold Sharpie and I put the the, the, the Delta. I put the Delta right on the top of it. I'm not surprised. No, you should be. Nope. I don't think anybody should be. Dee, did you ever see that one? I think so. Vaguely, uh-huh. remember. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. So the, the the influence is undoubtable. Um, well, think about the influence. If you like in Next Gen, mm-hmm. what is what is it? What color shirt? Basically, you there? You um, broke up. What color shirt like gets you killed? Oh yeah, well Not in the original, gen, it was series, original series, in the original, the original series, series it was red shirt. Red. red. Now I, what I did notice in Next Generation is that no color was safe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no yeah. color was no. Everybody kind of got killed equally. There was there was red shirts, gold shirts, blue shirts. They were all going down at one point or another. If you didn't have a last name, that's it. That's that was the was indicator. It. If if you were just ensign, you know, well, such, such and such. Well, then, that's what happened the on, on Galaxy Quest. The, oh, the, oh yeah, the guy eventually guy guy. You have a last name. Do I? Do <laughs> yeah, I? I do. So 
couldn't even remember. He was so upset he didn't remember his own last name. <laughs> so but, that, that's, you know, that's... think about the historical, you know, the, the impact. <laughs> you were talking about the impact of Star Trek. Yes. Galaxy Quest. Mm-hmm. Perfect example of a, a complete parody on Star Trek. I was reading um, a, an article recently, uh, just in the past few days, as a matter of fact, where George Takei uh, was very resistant to watch Galaxy Quest because he was told it was just a send-up of Star Trek. Uh, and so he was like, I don't want, I don't want any part of that. I don't want to see that because uh, I don't want to be made fun of today. I'm just, you know, I'm not into it today. Uh, but then, you know, somebody, um, it was one of his co-stars and I can't remember which one he named, but one of his co-stars said, you have to watch this. This is, oh no, it wasn't Takei. It was, uh, it was Patrick Stewart himself. Mm. And, um, so it was Frakes who talked him into it and he sat down and he watched it and he thought how brilliant it was. And how much he loved it because it wasn't just a little satire on the side. It picked a little fun at, at the actors a little bit. But it showed just how Star Trek has influenced its fan base. And he loved how the solution to Galaxy Quest, the, the way that the crew they got saved is they were getting information from their fans. Yes. So it was a homage okay. to the dedication of the fans. It was a dedication to you know how the fans knew these things and had that information and were so willing to share it. And just want to help other people with it. So I thought that was kind of cool. That was a nice little anecdote. Well, just think of the, the and then then the role Star Trek played in in uh, television itself. You had the, mm-hmm. the first interracial kiss was on oh, Star sure. Trek. Absolutely, uh, commentary and, or racial. And I don't know up to that point how many shows would have had uh, even even men and women uh, in the positions they were in on mm-hmm. on board the ship when you're on when you were. Uh, you know, Uhura was right there with everybody else. One of the commonwealth uh, anecdotes was Nichelle Nichols, who played Uhura. Um, she was ready to quit. She didn't want to be any part of the show at that point, and she ran into none other than Martin Luther King. And and you know, the effect that he's had on the world is is undeniable. And so the two of them were talking about, she, well, it's just a job on a TV show, and I don't feel comfortable with it anymore. And he he pointed out to the fact that look. You're a senior officer. There's even been episodes where, where Uhura was in the center chair taking care of things while the the others were off doing other. He goes, "You were in charge. This this is a role model that that is going to reach out across generations to people that you will never imagine you'll ever see." And the diversity went even further. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking the height of the Cold War, and you had Chekhov, the Russian, Russian, mm-hmm. yeah, they right wrote there him on, specifically, on the bridge, yeah, uh, for that. So yeah, I mean, just uh, it, it opened up. A lot and, and and made made the industry look at things a lot differently. Mm-hmm. And, and think of its role in fandom. I when you think about it, Star Trek conventions were the first gathering of nerds, which is sort of what Trekkies. we're doing. Yeah, the right. FC three mm-hmm. in comic book conventions in general, and mm-hmm. your San Diego Comic Cons and New York Comic Cons come out of the fact that in the early seventies, Star Trek fans started getting together and. Hiring Star Trek actors to come appear yeah. and do speeches and sell their wares and it, it all comes out of that. Is it the first like gathering of fans like that? That's you know, that was a question you kind of inspired me to ask, and I'm, I'm going to ask you for your opinion on this, uh, Billy. Do you think that without Star Trek, Comic Cons happen? Maybe eventually, uh-huh. but I think it takes longer, or maybe not. As well, right. they don't come across as well because I started going to local Star Trek conventions when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and that was you know late seventies, early eighties. Right. And when did San? When did Comic Con start? Like San Diego general? has been around for 
I want to hear the come. Let's get the phones out. Everybody would think of that. But but ju- just think it. I mean, Star Trek conventions have been around way before I ever went to one. Right. Like I want to say, early seventies because mm-hmm. I remember getting a book from the library about Star Trek fans, and this was in the mid seventies, talking about the first conventions where fans just got to hang out and chat, and you know maybe uh, uh, George Takei or mm-hmm. you know, one of the Majel Barrett mm-hmm. were there to. Hang out with the fans. Now, admittedly, a, a good modern comic book convention or a Comic-Con pop culture mm-hmm. convention, such as you know FC3 and whatnot, exactly. um, you know, they have a little something for everybody. I'm being given some information here. Hang on just a second. What wow. do we got? What do you got, B? It was founded as a Golden State comic book convention in 1970. Wow. Whoa. That's cool. Now, All right, that's I'm wrong. San Diego. Uh, yeah. No, but it, it touches on it, it touches on a, a, a valid question I went though. 1964. 64. Which one? Wow. It, it's a uh, international convention in New York City. Okay, so the New York City Comic Con starts 60, in 64. 64 before. That, Holy that's, mackerel! That's impressive. They invited yeah. Lone Ranger artist Tom Gill for a chalk talk. Wow. How to draw for comics. That's. But I I don't think that the popularity of them would be the same without right without right. your your Star Trek your Doctor Who those big time. They brought it mainstream. They brought yeah. it. You know, yeah. you don't have to be a nerd to go if you like the show mm-hmm. or you like the stories or what they you know. Well, you I don't. Oh, you go and you know you hang out and you you yeah. learn because it was Saturday Night Live that parodied Star Trek conventions I and not comic that. book conventions. Yeah, I, I remember was, that episode. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember. I mean, it, it certainly, I, I didn't do a lot of Star Trek conventions when I was younger, but I know Chris and I did a number of different Doctor Who conventions when they came to town. Yep. And uh, the, it was the nerd thing to do. It, was, it wasn't mainstream back mm-hmm. then. It, In fact, Star Trek and Doctor Who, I think, were like the same conventions at the Holl- former Holiday Inn. Oh, yeah. The crea- yeah. Creation would come in and, and yeah. the Creation Company would come in and mm-hmm. do their conventions. And, and it, would, it would focus. Like some of them were... Star Trek mm-hmm. with, you know, oh, Doctor Who is here and comic yeah. books are here and vendors are here. And then there would be others that were Doctor Who and, oh, we're going to do a little Star Trek and we're going to do, oh, we're going to talk about Star Wars. And, and so there's kinda, an auction where you can buy, like, the original script of Indiana Jones. Exactly. And, yeah. dun, 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 dun. and like I was saying, you know, before we kind of tangented here is, you know, in a, in a current, in a modern day comic book convention, you're going to have a little bit of something for everybody. You're going to have your references to Sherlock Holmes. You're going to have your references to Firefly, your references to Steampunk and all that stuff. And it's all going to blend together. My curiosity, and we, we asked this question and we'll keep working on it, uh, is without Star Trek and the influence that it has had on pop culture, where would the whole scene be today? I mean, do you, do you see fans banding together spontaneously out of the blue if Star Trek didn't kind of blaze that path as well? I, I don't think so. I think it was the original one that sort mm-hmm. of inspired the passion mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just my thought. No, that's yeah, a great. I agree. I, agree. I think they I are the granddaddy of all of this. Yeah. You know, kind of like the be- you know, you had Elvis and the Beatles. You mm-hmm. got Star Trek and Doctor Who. Do you think this? You know, like Star Wars. Do you think Star Wars would have even existed without Star Trek? Oh, I don't think so. I don't no. think Lucas would have had no. Lucas would have had the idea, but I don't the think the idea for it. Yeah. You know, we would have had more American graffitis than than Star Wars. Yeah. You know, Lucas grew up with the the Saturday morning serials. That's he always makes reference to. You know, the Buck Rogers serials and and yeah. all the you know you go to the movie theater and you would see these half hour black and white episodes of variety of variety of things. I'm kind of partial to Cheerios. 
kind of <laughs> frosted flakes. Okay, thank you. Actually, I'm I'm with frosted flakes. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, I'm sitting in a room full of frosted flakes at the moment. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say Fruit Loops. Oh. <laughs> I don't like talking about myself too much, but anyway. <laughs> but uh, you know, but you know, think of it though. Without Star Star Trek, does Star Wars exist? No, absolutely no. not. Well, and then, I mean, you just brought up a good point, though. That mm-hmm. There has been science fiction before Star Trek. Buck, Buck Rogers. Right. Uh, I mean, way before Gil Gerard showed up, there exactly. was the comic strips and, yeah. and serials and stuff. But, they but does it ever get the traction that they, they have now? They didn't have the impact that mm-hmm. Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock and Dr. Mm-hmm. McCoy had. Bad special effects and all, but yeah, well, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, you got to start somewhere, exactly. And they were good special effects for the time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, now, mm-hmm. now we, we watch it, it's definitely cheesy. We look back at it, we're saturated in CGI. So we look, you know, right. like, I, I've i gotten my kids into Doctor Who, but it's been New Who that they've they've watched Ooh. the most. You know, New since Who. 2005, they've watched the, you know, the Rebirth, uh, the Redone series. I will sit down and I will watch a classic episode, like a Tom Baker episode or something like that with my son. And he will sit there for the first 10 minutes and then shake his head, get up and walk out. Because it's just, yeah. you, you, yeah. you know, we look back from 2016 and we're like, oh, God, yeah, those those effects were horrible. But, you know, when you're sitting in the middle of it and you're in the 1960s and you see Spock fire that phaser and you're like, wow, how did they do that? That's awesome. Oh, my God. Right. The the, the teleporter. Yeah. yeah. The teleporter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that yeah. was really cool. I still think it's a pretty cool Water effect. and glitter. Water and glitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, automated doors. They yep. just had yeah. two people on either side opening the door as you walk forward. Now we have actual doors that do that for True. you. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Right. Yeah. And uh, what else? What else has has evolved from Star Trek? Medicine. How they approach medicine. Oh, hypo like sprays. The hypo sprays and yeah. The... Thank you. Okay. Like you know. You, oh, you need um, a, a slow vaccine. release of of medicine. Oh, here's a patch you can put on your arm. You know, it's it. Where where'd the inspiration from that come from? Well, I think about an EpiPen. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I remember that from, you know, Star Trek. They mm-hmm. would take, you know, something and shoot you with whatever, and it's like, oh, you're all healed. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, if that could only be true. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I, but I, yeah. think, I, I think Roddenberry's overall goal, vision. You know, the, the vision, the thing that he talked about the most was showing a world where we were able to kind of figure out commonality, where we were able to look at, at the world together you know, and and share our differences and be okay with the fact that we were different and not say we're all, you know, we're all one, but we can be together as one group at the very least. You know, we've got this diversity. We've got the, you know, the racial diversity. And, and it was funny that everybody talks about Uhura all the time, but you look at the, the original Enterprise's sickbay. For most of the second and third season, Dr. McCoy had his right-hand man, the guy he always worked with, was Dr. Mabinga, mm-hmm. who talked right. about in one episode about where he came from in Africa. And here's this impo- he's an important man. He's looking after the health of the entire crew. And again from a, a region of the country that you would not, or a region of the world that you would never have expected somebody like that to be represented on American television. And the dead silence occurs. Yeah, I was thinking. A lot of deep thoughts. Everybody's I, I thinking. have to go back and start rewatching the, then. We're getting philosophical. Yeah, It is. Isn't that great? That's it, the great thing about the original, especially the original one. It mm-hmm. brought a lot of that up. And, you know. Okay, I, I just pulled up an article, 12 Star Trek gadgets that now exist. Okay, very cool. Awesome. Okay. Number uh, one? Number one, we have the food replicator. 
Does that exist? Does that really exist? Let me read. Captain Jean-Luc Picard used to say, T, Earl Grey, hot. hot. Exactly. And it would be replicated instantaneously. Today's 3D printers don't tackle T. 3D printers. But there are machines that actually can print food. That's amazing. Why didn't you read? That's recent. That's got to be recent. Um, what else we got? Universal Translator. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. So yeah. the UN has mm-hmm. that. Tablet computers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No uh-huh. kidding. The tricorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the TV show, a tricorder is a handheld device. Yeah, yeah, we know that part. Uh, <laughs> in 2012, Peter Jansen from McMaster University in Ontario built a working prototype that scans for magnetic fields and other interference, and there are lots of other real-world tricorders, mm-hmm. too. The holodeck is number five. Oh, really? Virtual, virtual reality. Virtual reality. Communicator badge. Uh-huh. Uh, tra- tractor beam, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, natural language queries. Uh, in Star Trek universe, you can talk to a computer. I'll get talking to the computer and it answering back. Oh, Cortana. Hello, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you, you've got that on your, oh, uh, your kitchen counter, Dan. Alexa. Do they yeah. still have sandwiches here? <laughs> That's great. We are looking for the nuclear, nuclear vessel. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up on Alameda Street, so imagine yeah. when this one's sitting to my left, he would, every time he would come to my house to visit, he would You're walk in the door for, going, I am on, I'm looking for Alameda, the nuclear vessel. <laughs> Shut up already. <laughs> I'm not, I get it. I get it. Yeah, but we always did things over and over. Oh, and yeah. Over. We, yeah. You, you and I, there was no such thing as an old joke for the two of us. I get that. Yeah. Uh, warp drive. I guess exists. Uh, oh, here's you know that was more to that. There is a, a Mexican physicist, uh, Alcubierre, mm-hmm. or I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. I'm hoping I'm not massacring it. But he re- and within the past few years, uh, there have been many articles, and I actually saw an interview with him and, and Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is like you know our Carl Sagan of the generation, uh, talking about it. And he was discussing his warp field uh, equations, and he was inspired mm-hmm. by Star Trek to see if this was something that could actually happen. And theoretically. He has proven the warp drive. Yeah, that's now, what it says. NASA has suggested that warp drive is possible. It's amazing. So. It, you know, and, and would we have ever considered that otherwise? Wow, no. I could get to work so much faster. <laughs> <laughs> but, but do you want you, to? Uh, would you get there the before day. you left? No, 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 because you're still getting stuck in five and three ninety traffic. That's yeah. all. <laughs> you get the teleporter for that one. You get a yeah, yeah, transporter. No Actually, teleportation is one of them. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where the teleporter exists, but I guess they're well, it working could be, on like, it. Would be considered an elevator? They're, well, they're in labs right now. They're yeah. talking about, uh, I, I think at the very basic, um, they've managed to shift the the same quantum atom from one point to another, and they were able to prove... In, but it was the a, same atom. Just keep flies out of the lab. Yeah, I was, just, just keep, I, yeah. I was about to make my own Brundle fly joke. <laughs> Help me! Yeah. Help me! Anyway. Uh, phaser and um, hypnosis. Hypo spray. Hypo spray, yep, which yep. we touched on. Yep. And then phaser, the, the Navy is working on high energy mm-hmm. uh, defense weapons to, for, to protect their ships with. Like and rail guns. Like the rail guns, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of wild. It's so kind of wild. Star Trek has done a lot or mm-hmm. inspired a lot. So Inspired my uh, second son's name. Oh, that's right. My, uh, my uh, eight-year-old's name is Riker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's spelled R-Y-K-E-R. So... Yep, as opposed to William Riker's uh, R.I. R-I. Gotcha. Well, you know, it's helped to open up the imagination. So, I mean, that's what we talk about a lot of stuff. You want, you want your, your imagination going and think of, you know, who, know, who knows what comes out of it. And what comes next. Yeah. And what comes next is we're going to wrap this particular episode up, but this is a conversation we definitely will be coming back to over and Absolutely. over again because there's so much there to uh-huh. it. Uh, and, and going forward, we're going to talk about um, 
We'll, we'll also touch on the various series, the TV series, and the upcoming Discovery. We'll touch on what we know about that. And we'll have a talk about fan films and uh, how they've changed the, the landscape of how entertainment is done and, uh, and the effect that they've had on the industry. So yet again, here we are. Monkey business is over with for another half an hour. Thank you for hang out, hanging out with us. New line of Star Trek inspired makeup. Oh, Star Trek inspired makeup. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I, I meant to play the theme, but let me She's see. Oh, says. that was pretty good though. Hold on, hey, ladies. Want to turn heads? Billy Introducing Mac's new line of Star Trek inspired makeup. Finally, bit. you can look like every nerd's fantasy. But we're not stopping there. Check out our Lord of the Rings inspired makeup. So. How do I look? Like Smeagol, oh. which is uh, nice. Good, that's what I was going for. And you'll love our Avatar-inspired line of rouge and foundation. Somebody please help. I think my wife is choking. Her face is all blue. No, it's just my makeup. <laughs> Calm down. Oh, um, sexy? The new line of sci-fi-inspired makeup only from MAC Cosmetics. Available oh my God, now. that's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. That's, I meant to do this. Oh, there we there go. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. Are we ready to sign off here? Please? We're getting ready there. <laughs> so this is Chris for Billy, Tanya, Brian, myself, Dan, and Dee, and Sybil on the uh, the phone with us. This has been Monkey Business. Thanks for hanging out us hanging out with us again. And there's that music again. Go uh-huh. ahead, B. This has been Monkey Business, a Mighty Monkey Production. Mighty Monkey Productions of Rochester, New York, creators and presenters of the Flower City Comic Con, presenting their second show May 20th and 21st of 2017 at the Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash fc3roc.